I have said it since I was probably in second grade. Um, I want to, I want to help people believe in themselves. I want to make a difference in the world. And Hey, it's Trisha Wellstad and our Leadership Center Called to Thrive podcast. And this series of episodes is for anyone who is needing clarity on their vocation. So whether you are early, mid, or late career in realizing you are not finding fulfillment in your work, or feel like you have lost your purpose or calling in the world, this show is for you. My coaching conversation with Sarah Lattimore will support you in anchoring your vocation so you can move forward in your life with conviction. Sarah and I connected in the fall of 2021 and have had several conversations about calling. She's felt stuck for a while now, so I invited her to join me for our mini-series to get her own personalized coaching while giving you an insight into the vocational coaching process. Take 20 minutes and listen to this coaching conversation. I believe it's going to lead you closer to clarity in your own calling as you listen in to Sarah getting clear on hers. Well, welcome back to our podcast with the Leadership Center. My name is Trisha Wellstead, and I am so excited that we have Sarah Lattermore here for our fourth podcast in this mini series. And in our conversation today, we are going to continue talking about vocation. We're going to do a bit of a coaching experience, and we're going to talk more about our vocational credo and how we form those. We've been talking through some of the pieces of that and we'll get into it in just a moment. But before we do go there, as I have been doing in each of these episodes, I've been reading Sarah's bio because it's important for you to know a little bit about Sarah. And so you've maybe heard her bio a few times now, but I think that every time you hear it, especially as we unfold the pieces of vocation, you see more and more about Sarah because she had some personal pieces in that as well. So thank you, Sarah, for being here again and in our conversation and going through this process. I hope that it is going to highly benefit you and create more clarity for you in your vocation. Yeah. Thanks for having me so much. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about Sarah. Sarah is adopted, a wife of 17 years, a mother to two amazing children who give her opportunities to be a cheerleader to dress up like a princess, to play in the mud, and go on amazing adventures. With a bachelor's in political science and sociology, Sarah worked for Child Protective Services as a legal caseworker before following a call into full-time ministry in 2008. During her time in full-time ministry, Sarah has served in medium to large-sized local congregations as well as camp ministry. Sarah has a passion for serving others writing and speaking. And Sarah's looking forward to writing her own book next. Sarah completed her MDiv in 2019 and is currently working on her doctorate in leadership and global perspectives. Sarah currently serves in a ministry position leading a congregation in living life missionally as the director of missional ministries. She's an innovator and visionary who looks to find empowering and dignity-restoring ways of sharing the love of Christ while addressing needs. And beyond her work, Sarah dreams of growing her family through adoption, kayaking with orcas, and traveling in an RV across North America and internationally. I'm kind of interested in how you're getting that RV international, but 
that's okay. I don't know if it's the same RV or not, if you have some ideas about that, but yeah, you know, ship, ship yourselves across. That's right. <laughs> so today we're having this conversation. We're continuing talking about your vocational credo and just your sense of calling in general. We, in our very first episode, talked about the, the meta narrative of God and God's calling in our life. We talked about the micro or the, the personal side of that, which is our calling through our life experiences, what our life is sharing with us and how we're creating meaning through those experiences. We talked about your, uh, your story and your favorite childhood stories. We talked about some values that come out of that. You mentioned belonging, perseverance, uh, even family and all of those. And then we talked in our last episode about your pain and personal pain story. And you talked about um, fear and loneliness and abandonment coming through those. And then we talked about how we connect those two. And today we talked about the third piece of the triangle. And so you have the triangle sitting before you with your notes on it, right? And I do, so, I do. Good. So I am so excited to have this conversation to talk through the last piece of this triangle and then put it all together. Cause it's not just like, Oh, great. Now we see these things and here they are. It, what do you do with those things? Right. What, what is it that is the unction of what's next? And so let's talk about the third piece of that triangle and what, what that means for you this morning. So, or, or today now in your present life experience. So that third piece is really about healing. How is it that you see healing for the world? What is it that you want to bring uh, into the world through your life that would bring good and wholeness to others? And in that, I, what I see in this conversation at this point is, of course, we don't start with this. It would be a little bit hollow if we did, uh, because it, we can just go for like pie in the sky and dreams and all these things, which is, there's nothing wrong with. It's just that it creates so much more depth and meaning if it's connected to our actual lived experience and the things that are, that are very resonant for us in our life. And and the healing piece also, sometimes we can get a little bit vague about this. So I'm going to say this at the beginning too, is that we can get a little overly vague. Like we just want to see um, all people come into the fullness of like, I don't know, like you could name anything like uh we, we want to see all people healthy and whole or all people as if you're a, a Christian then we want to see everybody like know the transformative power of Jesus or something like that. And there's nothing really wrong with those things. It's just finding the meaning and the connection can be really hollow. And so I just named that at the beginning because we, they need to be anchored. They can't be just really nice words that we use that we don't actually know what we mean by them. So I'm going to start by asking you a question that is, well, it is what it is. Sarah, when you think about healing for the world and how you want to bring healing for the world, let's start with this question. I'm going to ask you two questions because people tend to react in two different ways with this. Um, so whichever one sits well for you, 
what is it that makes you really want to pound the table or what makes you want to cry? Like there, there tends to be one or two. I could ask you them separately, but we'll just start with it. Doubled up. Uh, yeah, I think for me, one of the big things that, well, makes me want to do both is when I see like a lack of empathy um, and a lack of, of value for others and, and the gifts that they have, regardless of where they currently are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that no matter where they are, they can bring uh gift and gifts and value. And um, so I would say, yeah, a lack of empathy or value for other um, people yeah. would probably be my, like, makes me super sad when I see it or makes me really want to pound the table and be like, but we have to change that. So, yeah. And can you think of an experience that you've had? Yeah. Well, um, goodness. I think if we went back to some of my pain story, there was a lack of empathy and value for me. Um, and I think in my adulthood, there have been places that I've been and, and situations that I've, um, I've had where I've not felt valued, um, or that I have felt like, um, yeah, there was a, a lack of empathy for, for me and the, and all the things that I, um, have to contribute. Yeah. And I, I hear you on that. And I, I like that you're making the connection, but what I also know is that we tend to, uh, as much as we may see it in our own story, we tend to not pound the table for ourselves in not first we may cry, but we, uh, but it's often not in the sense of like, I want to restore this. I want to fix it. It it might be just like, I'm in pain, right? Like I feel pain. And so when you think about bringing healing, uh, have there been experiences that you've seen like news stories or local in your church or your, I mean, even the ministry that you lead now, that you feel like, oh, this, this is a, this is a need. Yeah, I think, um, well, if we took my current context, I think one of the pieces that really maybe gets me pounding the table, um, is when we do outreach to the community, um, and we're, we're giving them something, we're fulfilling a need, uh, but we're not finishing that circle. We're not closing that circle off by actually um, partnering alongside them. Um, you know, you know, it. There isn't necessarily. There's maybe a compassion for their their lack of whatever, if it's food or material things. But there's not an empathy for where they are in life, and then there's not an understanding of and valuing of what they, they are capable of, regardless of their current situation. Um, so I think trying to close that circle and provide like, and I I said it in my bio too, right. Empowering and dignity, restoring things, um, that they don't have to come beg to me, but that I want to give them opportunities to have, um, dignity in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the empowering and dignity restoring is, piece of your bio and, and just in your work, like it's coming through, right. That's something that you want that you see 
that you want to see people experience, um, you, you can look back on your story and see those themes too, but you definitely, we tend to, to look at it through the lens of others. Like, and I, I think I said this to you in our in-between space that, uh, we tend to want healing, the healing aspect of our lives. It comes through our story. And when it's the most whole or mature, it's not just for us. It's for us, for the world. We're not, it's not that we're martyrs and it's not that we're all um, self-focused. It's that it's both things that we can do both things and that it tends to be uh, unique to us in the way that it connects with the story and the life that we've experienced, it may look, and and it will, it will look nuanced even alongside other people that feel that they have the same calling or expression towards people. It will be through our life and our story that makes it unique. And so it's not, no one's is exactly the same, even if uh, the way that you frame it is generally the same. Right. So when I think about what you've shared, um, I wonder, are there several things or are there just a couple things that you feel like, oh my gosh, if I could do this every day and make a difference, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I would say that my focus is, is kind of broad right now. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that, um, and I think that's just part of that clear, seeking that clarity piece that mm-hmm. um, that we've been working through all these different pieces to kind of get to that point. Um, I think a big piece, well, back from the beginning, um, we talked about calling and, and my calling moment of hearing God say, we've got to go teach family um, when I wanted to stay in my close, safe family circle that I had. Um, and so I think when I start trying to piece all of that together and make them um, make sense as something that could actually be an action that I took, um, I tend to, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm in the process of merging them all together, but I think uh, a big piece of it, super specific piece comes from um, maybe even wanting to be a part of of helping individuals heal from um, like church hurt type things, um, making sure that um, especially families uh, that really get torn apart from things like that. Um, I don't know. There's, there's probably a zillion ideas. I'm a great idea generator Uh, and (laughs) a bunch of different ideas running around in my head for sure. Okay. Well, let's, let's, anchor down then because you can have lots and lots of expressions of how you live out your calling. That's one thing that I always try in my coaching to have conversations with people about is like, we're not going to talk about your job. We're going to talk about your calling. There's lots of ways you could express that, that will bring uh, not just value, but a sense of fulfillment to you in your life. And so let's start with going back to your story a bit more. So uh, when you think about your sense of like wanting to heal or bring empathy um, and care to people like this um, dignity, 
and restoration piece that you're talking about. Uh, how does that relate to, um, to the dreams of your bio, like of like what you talked about, like with your uh, the, with adoption, orcas, RV, you're naming these things. How do they they relate? Yeah. Um, well, I think um, adoption is like the easy is the easy one to name, and as far as its relation, not only do I have personal experience, uh, but just the the opportunity to offer um, family and and empathy and, and value to, um, a child in need of, and so I think that that one kind of, um, is easy to see. Um, so my, my orcas, I think that's just plain adventure, right. (laughs) Um, and my connection to, um, I love the outdoors and the earth and, um, and all that it gives to us, but, um, the RV piece, uh, has been something that I've really wrestled with in that, um, doing, doing ministry beyond, beyond walls or boxes of, um, maybe the typical way. And, uh, how many people are out in the world traveling, um, and ex- doing thing, experiencing life and doing things together as families, but, um, are maybe feeling still feeling alone in some of that and, and don't have necessarily places that they anchor and how can I enter in that space alongside of them? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, that may be part of, part of it. Maybe there's a, maybe there's some in, overlap and in, intersection in those as well. But um, I think it also comes down to that. I'm willing to go um, mm-hmm. to people uh, to where the need is mm-hmm. Um I, there's not an expectation that they will come to me. Yeah. Which is good. I think that that's, I mean, that's a good beginning posture. I also think that when I hear you talk about uh, all of these, yeah, all of them, it's, it's both um, like healing, but also joy like place you like you want to go to places that bring you joy and that is part of our calling it's not just healing and deep work and heavy and challenge and we got to like do this like you know where you're like pumping your fist and passion it's also like where your deep joy meets the world's deep need like you want to find life in that every day you want i mean if you could add to your family through adoption and then take your family into nature space and be traveling around in an RV serving folks, like, does that feel like a win? Like, like life and joy and like. Yes, that would be, that's the dream, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, you, you name it and what people don't know in this conversation is that I was with Sarah. The first, our first meeting in person was in Washington, DC. And we were on the street, we were walking and I was in the middle of telling some very important story, I'm sure. And uh, not really, but then all of a sudden Sarah like stopped me and the few others who were with us. And she's like that. And she pointed to an RV and 
Um, she's like, that's what I want to do. And where I was like, well, well, we should go talk to these people then. Cause they were doing a nonprofit right there out of their um, mega van. And so, or bus really. And it was beautiful. I wouldn't be that nice. <laughs> you wouldn't be as nice as they were. You mean, well, no, my RV probably wouldn't oh, be as oh, nice as that one was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't even know. It was, it was amazing. So Anyways, so I mentioned those things because there's this healing and joy. Like we saw that in that moment in real life, even. And uh, and there's this tie-in for you. And so I'm curious, like, how do those things, like maybe not the very specific things from your bio, but maybe how how does this all relate to you to the values that you have named from your childhood stories? I think. Um, well, belonging is again there. I think I've said that word so many times already, but it's, uh, adoption is, is belonging. Um, but then also having, oh, have providing opportunities for others to feel belonging Mm -hmm. through whatever work I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, the, the family piece is in, is inter, intertwined with belonging, but I think that there's a core that in that, that, um, I've, I definitely value my family and what my family can do as a unit in, in ministry with others. Um, yeah, yeah I think, and then perseverance, right. Um, was another one of value. Um, I definitely have done that throughout my life. And you were talking about, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the, the push through or the, the perseverance moments, but the joy giving moments. And maybe, um, maybe that's a bit of what uh, I'm craving in, in life and in my vocation and calling too, is that it's not necessarily always the battle. Right. Right. And I wonder too, so I'm going to keep going with the triangle backwards here. How, how do um, these, both your values and the, um, the stories of healing and the things that bring you life push back on your pain? Yeah, I think that's where I've been stuck after doing some of this work, really realizing where I've maybe been stuck and avoiding um, having to create or live into any more pain, um, similar kinds. And so avoiding the opportunities to do, um, to, to live into the healing moments, um, and to be willing to accept those. Um, do you think, I think it's definitely, there's definitely a thread there. Yeah. Do you think that the emotions that surround your pain stories, there maybe is that fear of going back there again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, um, and this comes from counseling too, right? Okay, sure. I've, I've done, I've done that work. Um, I definitely have the avoidance mm-hmm. tactic, um, and the doer tactic. Mm-hmm. I do lots of things to avoid <laughs> having the other, you know, the pain points come back. And so, um, so I know that about myself, but can absolutely see 
how, um, I mean, goodness, I'm, I don't want to be abandoned and, and I don't want to be, um, alone. And so to venture out into an RV ministry, there's a lot of risk in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But yet, will you be abandoned? Well, probably not. (laughs) I mean, God is with you and you have your family that you have this mega value around. And my guess is it's not just you that has this idea or dream about the RV. No, (laughs) the kids ask when, uh, and, (laughs) and my husband says how, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not just your thing that this is like some wild hair that you have. I mean, it's in your bio. It's been there for a few years. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth, worth listening to. And I'll be honest. I don't actually care if you go in an RV in this particular way to two different places, the expression matters less to me than the unction, the thing that's in your soul. Like, so the how matters less than the why and the what you do. Right. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm all for you getting yourself an RV and making it happen, but it, sometimes we think the how matters so much, but until we connect deeply to our why and the what, um, what it is for, you know, all of that, uh, the the how like we we either go backwards or we just never do the how, and so and that's where you're stuck, right? This is the stuck place that you're holding at because of the fears, because of the pain story is still it's bigger than your healing story, and your pain story is what it is. It's there. It's it's true. You've done therapy around these things, but now it's a matter of not allowing your pain to dictate how God has called you to bring healing. It's that the healing pushes back and brings um, redemption and restoration to the pain points to where those things tell, they help tell the story of your life and the things that God is creating through you. Yeah. So in my, when I hear all of this, I think, okay, there's a stuck place. The stuck place is my guess. It's around, it is around the feelings. It's not really about what's actually there. And I hear you being quiet and I see you being thoughtful and maybe being emotionful. Yeah, I think um I've I have felt stuck for a long time. Um but I haven't been able to be in a place where I could put words or um even thoughts around how or why I'm there um because I've been so busy doing uh mm. surviving um but desperately at my core craving that the thriving piece of that um that and and knowing 
that um, I need to make some changes to yeah. be able to find the, the find the freedom um, to really live into that, those healing places. Um, and gosh, my, <laughs> I have, I have said it since I was probably in second grade. Um, I want to, I want to help people believe in themselves. I want to make a difference in the world. And, and I know often our kids will say that, um, my kids have said it in different ways, but, um, but I think that as adults, we have to get to the place where we actually live into those things. Um, and I've, I've, I've been frozen. Yeah. So what I want to do is I'm going to wrap up our conversation today, which feels like we're just on the tip of it. Right. But what I, what I want to invite you to Sarah is for you to take some space because this is a lot, we've been doing it in these bite-sized pieces, but it is a lot to process. And I want you to consider what you just said and, uh, and the feelings that tend to dictate the doing and the doing that tends to help avoid the living, like the being and the belonging and the values that you, that you have embodied and held and the pushback on your pain and the redemption and the healing, like all of these pieces. And we're going to have one more conversation. We're going to put it all together. We're going to write your vocational statement together and talk about like God put me on earth too. So that, and, and how that statement becomes whole, we're going to process through that together. And so, uh, this is such an important conversation to have. It is the place where it converges, but also feels heavy and stuck. And it's the place of your most, um, where all the things they're just, you're holding all the things and like, you can be really, uh, immobilized or break it down and be totally ready to go. So we're going to hold it and we're going to go into our next conversation. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. Okay. I'm excited. Thanks for joining us friends. This is so, so good. So rich, Sarah. I'm, I'm really honored to be in this conversation with you. Thank you for the opportunity. If you want to listen to the whole series of our conversations, be sure to click the link in the show notes. And if you want more support in clarifying and activating your calling, I would love for you to join us for our vocational intro course. You are going to be guided through a process to create a credo that helps you own your calling and live in alignment in your work so you can thrive in all you are and do. I have been coaching people for over 10 years now and have come alongside hundreds of women and men in discerning their vocation. So if getting clarity in your calling sounds like something you want, go to nwleadershipcenter.com forward slash courses. You were created to thrive. Keep living your calling and welcoming others because together we get to transform the world. Thanks so much for listening and I will catch you next time on the Leadership Center Call to Thrive podcast.